Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. Uh, good morning, church. Hope you're having a great morning and you're blessed and I tell you, I just love how since we've been in this building, you can feel the experience of God in our worship just increasing every week. It's just been amazing. I want to thank you for coming to church today. I'm just so blessed you're here. If you're a guest, can we give our guest a good clap and tell them we're glad you're here? Welcome to church. Welcome so much. Well, if you're wondering what Christmas is all about, I want you to know that God entered our world as a baby born of a virgin, laid in a manger, worshiped by shepherds. He grew up to lay down his life. He went from the cradle to the cross to the tomb. Then he rose from the dead to prove his power over sin and death so that for everyone who believes in Jesus as Lord and Savior can have their sins forgiven and go to heaven when you die. And that's the meaning of Christmas, amen? Just thought I'd just throw it right in there, just let you know. Amen. Well, I hope this year that you are remembering the true meaning of Christmas in your home. And that's our hope through this series, is just to bring the meaning of Christmas to your home. I want to remind you of the requests that I've made each week for the last couple of weeks. We are asking you to consider making a special year-end offering to help us financially prepare for the new year. We have many amazing things coming next year. And financially, we want to be able to run in with just a little extra boost from our finances to do those things. And we're just excited about the new year, but it does take money to kind of launch into those things. And as we are brand new here, we're wanting to kind of build a little bit of a, a, an ability to move forward in a little extra way. So if you would just consider helping us through a year-end gift above your tithes and offerings, that would be great. You can just consider that because we want to do more in terms of serving our city. We want to reach more people next year. We want to disciple more people next year. We want to move into international missions next year. We want to have conferences next year. So much to do and just to experience God here in this brand new place. So if you just consider that, I'd appreciate it. No pressure on that, but if that's in your heart, Amen, amen. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for this day. I thank you that this is an appointed moment, that in some unique way, you have us here for a purpose. And Lord, I pray that my message today would, would move from an, an ordinary into a, a supernatural talk that would move us closer to you today. So Lord, I pray for your anointing on my words today. Anointing that would break through the, the, uh, the busyness of our schedules, an anointing that would break through the, the confusion that surrounds people in their minds and hearts, and, a, and, and just an anointing that would just give us the ability to experience you and encounter you in a fresh way today. And if you're in agreement with that, would you give me an amen? Amen. amen. I feel like today isn't an ordinary day in church. So I just want to start that. I just, I feel like in some unique way, God has set this up. Now, 
I, I just know that God has a perfect sense of timing. And he can bring the right people and the right opportunities and the right circumstances into your life at the exact moment that it's needed. I know that God opens doors and closes doors to help bring us into those right places and brings us into the provisions that we need and into the promotions that he has for us. I believe that God can work through favorable and challenging circumstances to bring us to his perfect plan for our life. If we trust the Lord and we follow him closely, if we listen for his voice, eventually he gets us to where he wants us. I believe that. And so that sets up my title today. And my title is this, that it was not a coincidence. I don't believe today is a coincidence. Now, I'm not saying that everything in life is orchestrated by God. I'm, I, don't, I don't believe that. There are a lot of evil, evil people in the world causing many harmful and painful situations. That's not God orchestrating that. There are some things in life that are just random circumstances, and you've probably experienced those. I remember years ago, I was a kid, and my mom had taken me to the orthodontist. You remember the orthodontist years? Anybody have those years? The awkward years? You remember those? You're like, ah, I got, but so I was at the orthodontist and I'm sitting there and the, the nurse walks out and she says, Tim Blevins, time to come back. And two boys stood up. Me and this other kid stood up. I looked at him and I'm like, what you doing? You know, and he looked at me like, what you doing? Turns out, that there were exactly at the same time in the same orthodontist, two boys about the same age named Tim Blevins. How weird was that? Turns out he lives in Burnsville, North Carolina. I looked him up last night. I was like, is he still around? <laughs> he owns Tim Blevins Oil Company in Burnsville, North Carolina. How weird is that? Just crazy stuff. So it's like just random coincidence, you know? And so, so it can happen. Years ago, in our church, there were these two businessmen who were partners in their business. And they had had a, a falling out. The business had struggled and, and they, they just got in a fight about it all. And, and, and they separated in the business and closed it down. And they, they lost money and they both accused each other of things. And, and they argued and, and they declared they'd never speak to each other again. One of them moved away. Ten years later, he moved back to town his first week. He came to Life Church. Somewhere along the way, he became a follower of Christ. And, and it was one of the mornings that the service was packed out. And an usher said, well, let me help you find a seat. And he walked that man straight down to a chair and sat him right beside his old business partner. And they had no idea that I'd be speaking on forgiveness that day. Now, coincidence? No. So listen, some things in life are absolutely not a coincidence. And the wonderful thing that I wanna show you today in the Christmas story is that God is a God of purpose and intentionality and he's in the details and, and I just I want you to see this. Starting in Galatians chapter four, it says, when the fullness of time had come, meaning in, in God's exact timing, when God chose for this to happen, it says God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. 
So like in God's perfect timing, he has this ability to, to orchestrate things and cause things to happen at just the time and the way that he wants it to happen to bring about a divine purpose. And he did that in the fullness of time. And that was God's plan and he executed his plan wonderfully. And God does this for you and I as well. He will divinely orchestrate some things in your life and he can execute it in such a way to bring us to places where we encounter Jesus. Look at the book of Psalms chapter 139. David prays these words to the Lord and he says, oh Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. The Lord knows everything about you and I. And he says, you know when I sit down and stand up. So he knows right now you're sitting down and he knows I'm standing up. He says, you know my thoughts even when I'm far away. Like he knows what's going on inside of our heads, the good, the bad. He knows it. He says, you see me when I travel and when I rest at home. He says, you know everything I do. Now, some of that scares the daylights out of us because he's with you when you're, when you're doing things you probably don't want to do, but he's there. He says, you know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. That's why when you're about to make that post and you feel the Holy Spirit saying, stop. My point is, God is intimately acquainted with every detail of your life. Amen? So, I say all that to set this thought up, and I'm convinced of this, that you are not here today by accident or coincidence. Like, for some reason, some way, God has orchestrated in some way, he knew you would be here on this particular day. He knew on December 10th, 2023, on a forecasted rainy day that you would be sitting right here because God wants to speak to you. He wants you to encounter him in some way. He wants the presence of the Holy Spirit to come on you in some way. He has something for you today. This is more than a service. This is more than a sermon for you today. I say that with confidence. Because I know the way God works and I know what he's doing in my life and I see him all the time with the hands of God just orchestrating things in my life. And in the first Christmas, we see that there were so many things that were not an accident. It was not a coincidence that these things came about around the birth of Jesus. And I just wanna share three of these little stories that will convince you that, that God orchestrates things and so much is not a coincidence. And if it's not a coincidence here in scriptures today, then there's so much that God is working in your life that's not a coincidence because he wants you to be somewhere so he can help you and help you encounter his presence today. So the first thing I'll share with you is about a census. God used a census. So, 700 years before the birth of Christ, Micah the prophet, he, he prophesied that Mary, I'm sorry, he prophesied that the Messiah, Christ, would be born in Bethlehem. And so that was a significant prophetic word that, 
the, the Israelites knew about and it was a word that was given that Christ would be born in Bethlehem. And then you fast forward 700 years later and we're at this point in the life of Mary and Joseph and, and she's already carrying Jesus in her womb. She's in the ninth month and they live in Nazareth. It's 90 miles from Bethlehem. But there's this prophetic word that she is going to give birth in Bethlehem. They live in Nazareth. And so in God's amazing timing, he directs their steps to go to Bethlehem by a census. And some would say, well, it's just a coincidence. I would say probably not. I would say God's in the details and, and God used this Roman census and the, the Romans initiated the census to count heads so that they could tax people. And, and what they planned as a government initiative, God hijacked for his divine purpose. And so the Bible says in Luke 2, it says at the time of the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. Verse 3 says, all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem to Judea, David's ancient home. So he traveled there from the village of Nazareth to Galilee and he took with him Mary to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. Not a coincidence. The census required everyone to go back to their hometown of ancestry. Interesting that they were of the descendants of King David and King David was born in Bethlehem. So by law, they had to go to Bethlehem. But by God's divine purpose, they had to go to Bethlehem. Like I love to see the hand of God at move. If you look for the hand of God, you see him so many times. You think you're just going to the store, but God's got a plan in it. There's someone at that counter that needs to see a smile today. There's, there's just, God's just at work at so many things. And, and if we'll just be aware and sensitive, then God's on the move in so many ways. And we find that at the right time, at the right moment for her to give birth, she arrives in Bethlehem to fulfill a 700-year prophecy that God orchestrated and made all that happen. The timing of the census wasn't a coincidence. The town of Bethlehem was not a coincidence either. Like that is a, a divine place that God wanted his son to be born. Why would be, he choose there? Because he could have picked Rome. He could have picked Athens. He could have picked Jerusalem. Rome and Athens were of the most wealthiest and most educated people. Jerusalem was the, the religious capital of the world, but God didn't choose those places. He said, no, Bethlehem. Bethlehem, a, a little town of maybe 100 to 200 people, a little bitty town. Why did he not choose the wealthiest and the most educated religious? I believe that God wanted to demonstrate his heart that he was coming for the most common of ordinary people. Yes, he wanted to reach the educated. Yes, he wants to reach the wealthiest. And yes, he wants to reach the religious people. But he wants to reach the everyday people. So he came to Bethlehem. Bethlehem's an interesting town. Little bitty town. But it was famous in that day and time for two things. It was an important place in the, in the place in all the things that were going on and two kind of quick things that just let you know that God was in that exact place for Jesus to be born. 
So Bethlehem was known for these two things. And one, they, they were known for producing a lot of bread from the grains they had. They, they were a, a place that produced just bread, bread, bread. Like they could have, they could have supplied Olive Garden with unlimited breadsticks. <laughs> bread. Interesting, the, the name of Bethlehem, the, the bet, B-E-I-T, bet, means house. Lehem means bread. So Bethlehem actually means, by definition, house of bread. Jesus was born in a place named house of bread. And you read in scriptures later, Jesus is ministering. And in John 6, 51, he says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. And anyone who eats of this bread will live forever. Like not a coincidence, so Jesus is saying that all who eat of this bread, me, all who know me will live forever. Amen to that. Interestingly, interestingly that Jesus, listen, not a coincidence, sitting with his disciples at the last supper, he is breaking bread. And what is he saying to them? As he breaks this bread, he says, this is my body that's given for you. And so he's like, I am the bread of life that was broken for you. Today, when you take communion, you go over there and there's little bitty bread wafers because it's not a coincidence. Like it has meaning and purpose and God is in it all. The second thing that Bethlehem was known for is they, they had some, some shepherds in that area and they raised sheep that were used for temple sacrifices for the temple that was just five miles away. And so they were known when they needed the sheep for the sacrifices, they would send someone five miles away to Bethlehem to get sheep that were raised specifically for temple sacrifices. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in a town that was known for supplying the sheep for sacrifices. And then when we read in scriptures that Jesus was called the Lamb of God, we, we find in John 1.29, it says, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, look, the Lamb of God who what takes away the sins of the world. Up until this time, the only way people could get rid of their sin was through animal sacrifice. Listen, gruesome, but it was God's gracious provision for mankind as a temporary way to deal with the sins of humankind. But Jesus came to be the final sacrifice, the lamb that was shed, and he sacrificed his life so that we can have salvation and forgiveness of our sins once and for all. Amen? Amen? Like this is not a coincidence that he was born in Bethlehem. Like it's just, it's, it just trips me out to see all that God intentionality and, and his purpose in it all. So God used a census, not a coincidence, in the exact right time, the fullness of time, in her ninth month to fulfill a 700-year-old prophecy in a town that in every way demonstrated who Christ would be for us. The second quick story I'll share with you is God used an angel. So God used an angel to call shepherds to be the first witnesses and worshipers of Jesus. Scriptures give the account of the birth of Jesus and 
It says the angels appeared to some shepherds out in the field. You probably have heard the stories through the Christmas season. But why did, did the angel, why did God send an angel to shepherds? Why this, this, this group of people? Because he could have sent it to other people, but he said the first group I want to herald the news of a birth is a group of shepherds. Shepherds. Shepherds were in that day considered the lowest of outcasts. They were smelly. They lived in the fields and they wrestled sheep. They fought off bears and they, they, were, they were just herdsmen outside. They were unclean. And because of that, they were not allowed to enter the temple and worship. And so they're seen as the, the most outcast of people. They were wanderers. They had no roots. They were disconnected from their communities. They were not trusted. Anytime the shepherds were in the fields nearby, they, they locked her all up because they heard that shepherds would come and be thieves at night. And this is who the angel went to. He went to the shepherds. The angel declared to the shepherds, not to the, not to the religious and the rich. He went to the religious outcast to come and worship Jesus because I believe God was making it intentionally perfectly clear that Jesus came for all. Amen? Amen? Insiders and outsiders. Dallas Cowboy fans and even the poor Philadelphia Eagle fans. He came for them all. Amen? There's a game on tonight. I'm just letting you know. Amen. Lord, Lord bless the Cowboys. God knew exactly what he was doing when he called those shepherds. And it wasn't a coincidence. The shepherds actually reveal the heart and the purpose of Jesus because as a shepherd, they cared for the flock. And we find in John 10, 11, it says, I am the good shepherd. These are the words of Christ. He says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. And so we know that natural shepherds, they, they stayed with their flock, they tend to their flocks, they protect their flocks, they, they save their flocks, they, they feed and water their flocks, they, they treat the wounded, they, they go search for missing sheep, and we find in the good shepherd that he cares for us. We find that he models the, the best shepherd. When one of us strays, he comes for us. When, when we we feel like life is hectic. He never abandons us. He's a good shepherd. He will guard you and protect you. He feeds you. He waters you. He strengthens you. He knows you. He knows the, the, the numbers of hairs on our head. He knows us. He heals us. He saves us. He is the good shepherd because he lays down his life for us. He went First, the angel to a shepherd because the shepherd would give us a forecast of who Christ would be in our life. It wasn't by chance. In Luke 2, 8, it says that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. There they are, they're guarding them. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord, of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. 
The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born where? In Bethlehem in the city of David, amen. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Verse 15 says, the angels returned to heaven. The shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing. I think that's funny. This thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. There was a baby lying in a manger. Not a coincidence, the shepherds. You believe it's a coincidence? I don't. And the last, as I begin to bring us to this point of understanding that, that God's got a plan for your life and it's, he's at work. And I want you to know that God used a star. Not a coincidence. A star to bring wise men to worship Jesus. The wise men traveled a great distance and they offered their gifts of worship to Jesus. And why did, did God now go to the, to the wise men? First he went to local shepherds, to those that were nearby. And now he's reaching out to those that are far away. And he reached out by the star that was a great distance away. And I believe that God called the wise men because he didn't only want the local Jews to be welcome to worship Jesus, but he wanted the distant Gentiles as well. Every detail forecasting the heart of God is to reach all of mankind, that God wants to reach the local Jews and then he wanted to reach the non-Jewish people. People from far distances, that's the heart of God. There isn't anyone that God doesn't wanna reach. God wants to reach us all. And he used this brilliant, bright star to, to direct them, to give them a, a sign, a signal that Christ has been born. And this must have been some kind of a spectacular star because these men traveled this great distance. And I, I saw a movie years ago that, that depicted that there are current Christian astrologists who have developed these models of the sky through scientific studies showing this collision of stars that came together and formed this unusual large star that was shining brilliantly some 2,000 years ago. And so in some way, God orchestrated the stars. I guess he just said, I need that star here and this star to come up here and this star to circle here. And I'm just gonna bring them all together about the time my son is to be born so that these distant people can begin a journey that took them two years to get there, but God worked it all out so they could make it. Is that a coincidence? It's not a coincidence. God's in the details the Bible says in Matthew 2, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And not only did God bring the distant wise men, they were wealthy men. They were educated men. So God wants to reach all. 
but they brought with them these specific gifts and not just random gifts. They didn't, they didn't re-gift. It wasn't Christmas season and they're like, hey, I'm just gonna go and get this and give it away. A friend gave it to me a year ago. I've never used it. It was strange to me, so I'll just pass it right along. Anybody ever re-gifted? Don't raise your hand. Um, but, but listen, they didn't re-gift. They came specifically. They had gold, frankincense, and myrrh. All of that has specific meaning. The gold is a symbol of royalty because Jesus is our king of kings. Royalty. They brought frankincense. This was a resin that was used in anointing oil for priests. Why? Because Jesus is now our high priest forever and ever. The myrrh. What you got? Amber alert. Well, good. Let's pray. Father, we pray right now in Jesus' name that that child would be found and those who have made a decision to make a poor decision to take a child, Lord, that you would intersect and you would cause a change in this very moment and we pray that soon we'd hear the story that that child is back with his parents in Jesus' name, amen, amen. So God used three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Myrrh was used to embalm dead bodies, which became the picture of a foreshadowing that Jesus is our sacrifice and be the one who would die on the cross for our sins. So God is in the details. He used, he used a census and he used a, uh, uh, he used what, 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 forget, he used an angel and he used a star to, to help people come to the right place. And through all of this, it wasn't a coincidence because God fulfilled a prophecy. There was right timing, there was right places, there were right people, there were right gifts. And God used all of that to bring about his divine purpose in life. Now I want you to listen to me real carefully. Lean in, because I have a question for you. What events or circumstances is God using in your life right now to lead you to have a personal encounter with Jesus. Because he is bringing you to a place to know and worship him, to encounter him. God is still leading people to encounter Jesus. So today may have seemed for you like an ordinary Sunday to go to church, but it was not a coincidence. I don't believe that. He sends the rain when he wants to send the rain. It's not a coincidence. I believe God has you here today to hear a message, to hear a word, to come and encounter the, the presence of Jesus. Maybe someone invited you and you thought you randomly said, yes, I'll be there. Maybe you're going through a difficult circumstance right now and, and God is, is using that situation. He's hijacking it to draw you closer to him today. Maybe your life is full. You feel very successful, but inside you're empty. I want you to know the only thing that fulfills your life is an encounter with Jesus. Maybe you have sickness in your body in, in some kind of way and you came here hoping for a miracle and I want you to know today is not a coincidence. You're here on purpose. And as I 
wrap this, I want you to know, and you can see it on the screen, I believe this, that God is at work in your life bringing you to an encounter with Jesus. If he can orchestrate all of those events for the birth of Christ, then I know he's not finished orchestrating things in our life to get us to go worship the one that he orchestrated everything for him to be born in the fullness of time. And I believe he's here today. And I believe you're here on purpose. I believe that there's an encounter for you with Jesus today. A divinely orchestrated moment in your life where God wants to encounter your life. For people that are far from God today, he wants to bring you close to him through salvation. For people who once walked close to God but have in some way fallen away and turned away from God in some way, then Jesus is ready to restore you today. God has you here today for purpose. People who have any kind of sickness in your body, God is here to heal today. Whatever you need today, it's not a coincidence that you're here. Oh my gosh, he loves you. And he's worked hard in some way to get you here. I mean, just think about all that could have happened to make this moment happen. I mean, just think if Harriet and I hadn't planted a church 19 and a half years ago, well, you wouldn't be sitting here. So like 19 and a half years ago, he's like, I, I have a divine encounter for some people that's gonna be 19 and a half years later, so I need to get this church going. And then someone invited you somehow. I don't know all the things. Just think about all the events. And if you go, well, it was just a coincidence, then you may miss what God has for you today. But if you lean in and say, I believe God's in it today. I believe God has me here. If you can step in and believe that God is on purpose having you here to hear this message so that you can have your life changed and radically healed. Whatever is in your heart, God is like, I, I got you here, will you take the step though? Because the shepherds, what they do? They saw what they do and they started walking. The wise men, sorry, shepherds heard an angel, the wise men saw a star and they started walking. Now you may be in the back of the room and you may be like, that's a long walk. Listen, they walked for two years to get to Jesus. You can make it. The shepherds were real close, so it's front row people. You stink, but God still loves you. <laughs> in some way, we all stink, don't we? Sin puts a stink on us. And so in just a moment, I'm gonna invite you to come forward. I'm gonna invite you to, to take this moment that God divinely orchestrated in your life for you to be sitting here, for you to see the, the angel's voice, hear the angel's voice, see the star and take a step. So anyone who needs physical healing, you're gonna come. Anyone who needs prayer in any area of your life, you're gonna come today. It's not a coincidence. God is leading you to encounter with Jesus. Who else needs to come? Anyone who is far from God? I heard an interview on Fox News with the former Bruce Jenner, known now as Caitlin. 
for another day. But in a broken moment, Jenner said, I just hope when I get to the pearly gates of heaven and I ask God, did I do the right things? And he said, I just hope. God says, hey, come on in. Well, my heart goes out to Jenner and others that believe that same type of thing. That maybe my life is good enough. But here's the raw truth, church. The Bible teaches us in Romans 3.10 that no, not one person is righteous or good enough. And not a, a single one of us is good enough to get to heaven. It goes to say in Romans 3.23, it says, all have sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. But praise God, it doesn't stop there in defeat for us. It says in the very next verse that we are justified freely by his grace through redemption through Jesus Christ. And that's the good news. The bad news is we're all sinners and we, we can't do enough. And left up to ourselves, we'll never get to heaven. But the good news is this, and I started my message with it, and I'll repeat it now, that God entered our world as a baby, born of a virgin, laid in a manger and worshiped by shepherds. He grew up to lay down his life to be that sacrifice. He went from the cradle to the cross to the tomb. And he rose from the dead to prove his power over sin and death so that for anyone who believes in Jesus as Lord and Savior, you can have your sins forgiven and go to heaven when you die. This grace is for you today. This grace is, is here. Forgiveness is for you. Salvation is for you today. It is not a coincidence that you're here today. You thought you randomly came to church and God had something for you instead. God has been preparing you for this moment. And so in just a moment, I'm gonna invite all of you, whether it's healing, any other prayer need, whether it's a rededication, but for those who've never made a decision, I'm gonna invite you to come forward today. And I wanna invite as many of you who feel led to make a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. First, I'll offer you a prayer to pray with me. And as soon as I finish praying, I want you, if you prayed that prayer, to stand to your feet and just come to the front. Would our prayer team go ahead and make their way up here? And so as soon as you say that prayer, come on up. And if you need healing, then don't waste a second. Come on up. If you need to rededicate your life, come on up. If you're going through a hard time, come on up. Don't miss this, in, this, this moment that God has for you today. Would you not miss it today? So for you that have never made a decision to follow Jesus, let's all bow our heads. And would everyone repeat this prayer with me? Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for Jesus. He died for my sins so that I may be forgiven. Today, in this divine moment, I choose to follow Jesus. I give him my life and I receive forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.
Now let's stand to our feet and let's just come now. Don't waste time. Don't make this a long drawn out process. If you need to come tell someone you just prayed that prayer for the first time, come tell them. If you want to rededicate your life, come tell somebody. If you want to pray for healing, come tell somebody. If you want to have any other need, come tell somebody. It's a divine moment in church. Also, communion is open. You're free to go get communion and worship with us.